Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome. Welcome to Found Footage Horror Movies with Donnie Darko. Yes, the title has changed slightly. It's episode three. And I keep kind of adding to the title and fidgeting with it. So, you know, why not make it harder for people to find it, I figure. Make it a real challenge. Anyway, episode three. This episode is going to be focusing in the second half of our one-hour time frame on a 2008 found footage movie called Lake Mungo. Um, a bit of a favorite. It's a found footage um, docudrama style, you know, a lot of home footage type movie. Done pretty well. A lot of people seem to be a fan of it. It borders in my top 10. Sometimes it's usually around that, you know, 10 slot, you know, or just outside, depending on what day you catch me. But for the most part, I think it's pretty solid. It, my ratings vary depending on which time I've watched it. I've probably seen it three or four times now and obviously watched it fresh to do this episode. So I could uh, take a few notes and, you know, kind of remember it best I could as we uh, go over it. As usual, this is going to be a spoiler in the second half or even a little earlier when I start talking about Lake Mungo, going to spoil. I always do. So if you haven't seen the movie, go out and catch it and uh, then come back and listen. That's the way I like to do my podcasts. And yes, there will be spoilers. Um, right now, the movie's for free on Tubi. Good old solid Tubi. Can't beat it. Um, it was on Prime for a while. I'm not sure if it still is. But either way, you can find it out there for free. And um, it's worth a watch. Um, as I have this recording right now, I'm watching a little Apocalypse Now redo. Um, I haven't watched that movie in quite a while. And man, it, it really is just so solid. I was just had a little bit of an urge for it and threw it on in the background. And just such a solidly made movie. I forgot how good Martin Sheen was and how young he is in that movie. Uh, you know, when they just have the opening scenes with the doors playing just wider, right away, that just grips you right in. It's just solid. And um, just the people who, who pop in as little, uh, have these little guest spots in it. Uh, when he shows up on the beach, you know, and is trying to get, um, trying to get there, his boat where he needs to get it for his mission, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's seen Apocalypse now. But um, <laughs> when he's on the beach and, you know, the, guy, the, the guy's just ready to give him a drink out of the canteen. And he's like, you know, anybody who's uh, fighting with their guts hanging out can have a drink from my canteen. And then they're like, sir, sir, uh, one of those uh, soldiers is Lance, a surfer from South, you know, and right away, he just doesn't even pour the water in the guy's mouth, just is so distracted because the surfer's there. And um, it, it's just such a great scene. And, the, you know, they're trying to figure out where they're going to get in and get to this river. And he, of course, the famous line, Charlie, don't surf. You know, because he wants to get his guys in there and uh, he can do some surfing <laughs> when, when they're just coming in and have him surfing out there. And the waves are just choppy as hell. And the just 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 looks like chaos does not look like a place you'd be wanting to surf after a brutal, bloody battle. But I, I don't know. It's just very cool. Anyone who hasn't watched Apocalypse Now um, recently, check it out again because it's still a classic and um, it's on Netflix right now. So you can catch the uh, the redo edition. Uh, for free. But anyway, that was just on my mind as it's playing in the background. So I had to check in on that. As usual, in the first half of this episode, I'm going to talk about some uh, just random horror stuff, uh, some movies I've seen recently, 
Um, I recently went to a convention, which I don't go to many, but I checked one out and uh, some, some news and interesting things from that. And um, just some general interest stuff that's going on. And then the second half hour, we'll break down Lake Mungo. So uh, we'll get started with that. Um, I've already got a plan for my next episode. Yes, I've already sped this up. Those of you who, um, those single digit number of you out there who followed me for both my episodes so far, um, now getting into a third in the same calendar year as the second one, because it took me about a year between my first and second episode. And this time I've gotten that time frame down to about six months. So look at that. I'm already getting better. And I plan to get another one out before Halloween. So that'll put me down to three months. So if I keep going at this pace, at some point, I will be dropping episodes at a somewhat regular pace, which will be, you know, once every few weeks or even once a month. But um, hey, I'm not making any promises yet, you know. But uh, let's see. The next movie I do plan, by the way, I think I'm going to get into the VHS. It's just one of my favorite found footage series. Uh, The original one still has some vignettes that just grab me. And um, I remember the first time watching them actually being creeped out by them. And I believe there is a new VHS coming out. I know we just had VHS 94, I think was the year. And it had a couple good things in it. I I liked it. And there's supposed to be a new one coming out um, at some point in this 2022 calendar year, I think around the, um, you know, around the Halloween season. So that would be pretty cool because I always like them. You know, there's never been one that I've hated and they're always entertaining and well done. And you get some different directors who get a chance to just do some small projects that they might not be able to get out for a regular feature film, but they can throw some great ideas at something that's 15, 20 minutes. And usually it's not disappointing. So I'm into it. I uh, recently watched on uh, Hulu the new Prey movie, the new movie in the Predator series. I think everyone who's into horror movies is aware of this. Uh, It's getting a lot of praise throughout the horror community and the regular community because everyone seems to like this movie. And I have to admit, I'm not really on Twitter or Facebook or on anything. So I wasn't following, um, you know, how popular this movie was. I watched it, I think, the first night it came out. And right away, I think I gave it an eight or nine out of ten. Just really liked it. I love it. It wins me over right away because it takes place. I like a period piece in that time frame of American history, um, you know, the westward expansion, Native Americans, the whole uh, just aspect of what was going on to survive in the country at that time. Things just amaze me in that time frame. Donner Pass and, you know, the Donner Party and everything that went on there and just packing up your belongings and heading out into a country that you knew nothing about to try to make your way just sounds amazing to me and something that I would like to think if I were around back then I would be part of, but who knows, because it was pretty tough and you had to have some balls to pull it off, but people did. And, you know, this movie captures that pretty well in terms of that time frame. Um, the wilderness, you know, I love movies that are shot in the forest, in the woods, you know, like that. It's just a great setting for me. Um, I'm, I can't say I'm a necessarily a huge fan of the Predators series and movies, but I also, looking back on my scores for these movies, always rate them pretty high. The original, obviously, is an 80s classic. Um, part two, I watched recently, like maybe three or four years ago for the first time, and you know, I thought it was pretty solid, the idea of a Predator in the city and Danny Glover. Come on. Um, 
you know, it was entertaining. It wasn't as good as the first one in my eyes, but entertaining. And then down the line, there's been some decent ones that, in the remakes I've really liked. Um, you know, I didn't like the latest Shane Black one so much. It was fine. I watched it. Wouldn't watch it again, probably. But I think I gave it like a six, you know, worth worth watching. Um, one of my favorites was the uh, Predators, the Adrian Brody vehicle. Um, I just love that concept of a bunch of different badasses from different aspects of life from a, um, you know, members of different gangs. I remember one was like a serial killer. One is a, just a soldier, you know, different. Um, I forget everything everybody came from, but I just remember the movie came together pretty well. It was pretty well filmed. It looked good. I don't know. I liked it. Some people kind of forget about it, but I even thought Adrian Brody was pretty good in it, playing a badass Marine type character. And, um, yeah, I like that movie. So, you know, all the Predators kind of, you know, I've found to be at least on the positive side. You know, I, I don't remember any that I downright hated. And even the Alien vs. Predators, they're all somewhat entertaining. So I guess I am somewhat a fan of it without even really considering myself one. And I, of course, like the original Alien movies. So anything in that line seems to do pretty well for me. But this one was just good. This one brought the whole thing back. The idea of, you know, a Predator showing up in that period of time, um, the way they made it look, you know, with its skull mask and everything not being as high tech as it is in the later movies just made sense. Um, the lead character, I thought she was great. I remember her from a show called Legion that ran on FX for like three or four years. And I thought she was just a really good actress in that and stood out. So I immediately just remembered her and, um, you know, she's solid. The whole cast was great. The idea of filming it, um, at times where it's in French or in native American and you can't understand what the people are saying. So that kind of puts you where the characters are because you don't know, they don't know what's being said either. You know, just, I don't know. It was a good idea. I think it was done well and you know, I give it a thumbs up and definitely think it should be checked out and was very happy that uh, I had a little free sample of Hulu going on at that time. Um, I had watched an older movie from 1971 called The Devils. Wow, this movie blew me away. This movie's good. It's hard to find because I really wanted to buy a uh, Blu-ray of this. I'm not into the whole 4K or whatever. I just it means nothing at this point to me. As long as it looks good, I'm solid. You know, I, I can, I still enjoy watching DVDs. I like my, um, you know, I don't buy a lot of things online. I have my physical media. I like to have it in my hands of the ones that I really like. It just, I'm just old like that. But, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed um, watching this movie. And if they ever make a Blu-ray of it, I will be getting it for sure. And that's The Devils from 1971. Uh, it's really hard to explain. But just the concept, the way it's filmed, it looks like something that would almost be a Stanley Kubrick film is the best way I can describe it. It, it just has this weirdness to it and these weird characters that pop up, yet it's super well acted. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. If you get a chance, just check it out. If you've heard of it, if not, look it up. I think it was on Shutter or something. I think that's where I caught it. Um, but it, it's just a really, really solid film. Um, I'd watched a few others recently. I'm trying to think what really stood out. Um, if you watch the faculty, you know, that one kind of holds up, you know, it's just an entertaining movie, a great young cast. Robert Rodriguez just knows how to make a good, uh, kind of horror slash action movie that, you know, as much as once in a while you want to roll your eyes at it and it does something silly, it kind of also just holds together and makes for a really good, kind of um 
you know, following that line of type of alien comes in and body snatchers type concept. And, you know, again, without giving too many things away, just a solid film. Worth a rewatch, I think, for sure. Uh, rewatch Sleepaway Camp. And I'm not really a big um, camp slasher type, you know, all those movies that came out in the 80s. But I don't know. I enjoy Sleepaway Camp. I think it just has some heart to it. Some of the scenes of the kids actually at camp just kind of held up when they're playing the baseball game and stuff. It seems real. I like when things seem real. You can tell when they're just making up a scene and putting it out there and it doesn't seem real. You know what I mean? Like it just is like, oh, that isn't a real game. Nobody would be playing that. But the things they do in it are pretty real. The characters are entertaining. Um, you know, the end, of course, is supposed to be this. It is. It's just insane. It really is. When the end drops every time, no matter how many times I've seen it, I always forget like the look on the face of the uh, main character and <laughs> everything else that goes on. It's just it's crazy, but it's worth a watch. And, you know, it's summertime getting near the end of summer here. And, uh, you know, it's fun, fun to watch. Um, I just saw a new one. Speaking of something just like yesterday on Shutter, they dropped this movie. I think it's um, some Norwegian film or something. The Innocence was solid, good concept, kid, you know, kid horror. And, um, you know, it was just entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. It's like a two hour film. And, uh, you know, you got to do the subtitle thing, but it was worth it. I rewatched A Tale of Two Sisters. Um, hadn't seen, I'd seen that one, but I didn't really remember it. I'd mixed it up with some other films and, um, yeah, it's pretty solid. Not, not as good as some other films that I like of, um, in, in that same vein, but, you know, still, still again, solid, worth a watch. Most of these are like a good, um, you know, three and a half to four in that ballpark out of five or seven out of 10, however you do your scales all works out the same. Um, I watched men. Yeah, that one didn't really land for me. Um, kind of sucks because I'm an Alex Garland fan. Uh, you know, I think everyone loves Ex Machina and um, what I'm just blanking on the name of the other one he did and everybody's yelling it right now. Annihilation. thought that was great. You know, I think I give that one like a nine or 10 out of 10. I just think Alex Garland just comes up with some crazy concepts. And I know he had something to do with the... Um, some other horror films writing them and the sunshine was one of his, which I just really enjoy everything he's done. I really like men just didn't do it for me. Um, the main actress, uh, Jesse Buckley, I believe was, was really good in it. I really like her performance. I like the way the film looked. I love the idea of like the, the green man, the, uh, the spirit, you know, of the woods and, um, some of the ideas they played with, but just, the way it all came together, I get it. Men suck and every guy was the same person that was, you know, kind of weird at times and gave you that, you know, just made you feel kind of creeped out, especially with the little boy at the church, if anyone's seen it. But still, I just couldn't really get down with the whole movie and where it went. Now, I know some people rave about this movie and really love it. So, you know, that's just me. It didn't quite hit me. I think I gave it like, a, you know, a four out of 10 and you know won't watch it again for sure but i don't know it had some good things going for it it just didn't come together for me in the end but that happens sometimes with some of these movies um we watched session nine i think that's always a good one because i obviously the last movie i covered was grave encounters and this movie has big time vibes of the same thing filmed in a really great old uh asylum and really used that setting amazingly and um, I'm always down for session nine, good daytime horror, a lot of it. 
just has creepy vibes, well acted. It, I just really dig that movie. Watch a movie called Trash Fire. Um, if anyone's seen this, kind of a really weird movie. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Look up Trash Fire. You can find it for free on most of those, you know, like a freebie or Tubi or one of those type things. Um, check it out. I'm just going to leave it at that. Watch the OG Last House on the left. Not really a fan. Just weird movie. I mean, I know it was his first film. Um, and Wes Craven is, you know, a masterpiece for some of the later things he did. Obviously, some people think Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street are two of the best horror movies ever made. And I'm not debating some of that. But Last House on the Left just doesn't doesn't do it for me. It's just the music choices are so strange. Um, there's this really grimy, creepy stuff going on, just slimy, rapey. Yeah, just bad stuff going on. And then this weird upbeat kind of music I, I don't know it just doesn't fit the acting is odd the things people are saying the one guy's supposed to be a junkie and acts nothing like a junkie um the one guy's supposed to be this sexual predator I, I don't know they just don't seem like real characters to me um it's just really raw and weird and i don't know i will definitely never have any need to watch that movie again for sure um yeah, that kind of runs out some of my most recent horror watches. Um, you know, got the, the Blu-ray for X and really enjoyed that. I think that's a classic. I'll be watching that again. And I know the prequel that um, Ty West filmed when he filmed this is going to be coming out later this year. So I'll definitely be checking that out. I really liked X. Uh, I think I gave it like an 8 or 9 out of 10 and just enjoyed everything about it. Um, the look of it, setting, the concept. It's just a really good movie. Definitely worth watching. Got a Blu-ray copy of The Visit and going to be covering that one at some point for uh, found footage horror. My next one will be VHS, but after that, I think I'm going to do an episode on The Visit. Really enjoyed that one when it came out. It kind of shocked me. For a lot of people, that got Mr. M. Night Shyamalan back on, the, back on the block a little bit in terms of making quality films, even though I think he never fell off. I think it's mandatory that every episode I mentioned the movie, the devil was just really enjoy that one that he wrote. And, you know, I don't think he ever really made too many bad films, lady in the water. Okay. It's not great. And it's kind of silly and it's trying a little hard to do his thing, but it's still not terrible. Like you can watch it and it's a well-made film, but you know, I'm definitely not backing lady in the water, but I'm just saying he didn't make as many bad films as people thought the happening. I don't care what anyone says. I can still watch that movie. It's corny, it's cheesy, the acting is atrocious and has some of the funniest delivery of lines that I've ever seen, but it still has some really creepy scenes in it and it's still um, just watchable. I don't know, I can turn it on and if it's on in the background, I'll leave it on. It's, it's gonna have some scenes that are pretty scary and creepy and um, it, it entertains. That's, that's my view on that movie. So don't think Shyamalan ever fell off as far as people think he did, but the visit was good and... I'd watched old this year and found old to be a solid film. It, you know, I think again, he was kind of rushing to get a lot of different concepts in there and the movie could have been put together a little more solid in its construction, especially the ending, but I still liked it. And I still think it did some things that were just scary and creepy. Yeah. So that's my movie summary for the last, uh, you know, last month or so there's a lot more in there, but those are just some of the ones that stick out. Um, 
I recently went to Monster Mania, which is a, obviously a horror movie convention. It takes place in Cherry Hill, New Jersey every summer. I'd gone to it about three or four years ago, um, maybe even longer. It might have been four or five years ago. I can't remember. Brought my daughter with me. We walked around, had a good time. We got some autographs. We got to meet uh, Sid Haig, you know, which was really cool. Of course, he's passed away since then, and I'm really happy I got to meet him and shake his hand, get a couple pictures with him. My daughter was was pretty cool. He's super, just super cool guy. Um, it, you know that that was an awesome experience because I have always been a fan of uh, any movie he popped up in. You know, the Rob Zombie films definitely got me aware of him, and then would find him in other movies, and just always thought he was just a really, really cool guy. Uh, just had a presence to him, um, and a few other people from that film were there. So you know, I got my uh, a movie poster autographed and whatnot. There were some big stars at this one. I wasn't really doing the autograph thing. The lines were insane. You know, they had a lot of the screencasts there. Um, originally, our main girl, Sydney, was supposed to be there, but they canceled her out. I guess she was filming something. But it did have Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, uh, Jamie Kennedy. So most of the screencast was there. And people were waiting in lines. David Arquette was there. The line I thought it was the line to get in at first. And I was like, is this the line to get in? They're like, no, this is the line for David Arquette. I was like, whoa, that is a line, man. You know, and it was a hot day. We've been out here on the East Coast. I don't know if anyone else is an East Coaster here in the summer of 2022 has been just brutal. No rain, mid nineties, humid, just awful, awful weather. And, um, you know, a lot of people were just waiting out in the sun and some of them were in full costume wearing what they wear to these um, conventions, which is cool. I love seeing people in costume, but you know, a lot of those costumes until long sleeves and, and masks and uh, they just looked like they were melting. It was horrifying. Um, you know, some of them were in, uh, some of the girls were wearing a little skimpier outfits and it worked out for them because they would be very comfortable. Um, but some of the people that decided to go with characters that wore, um, you know, like a Jason character, you know, didn't work out for you wearing that jumpsuit and everything in the hot sun. So I was not waiting in line. I did go through the autograph rooms. If you kind of talk with the guys, you walk through there and you can get, you know, right up near him. Like Jamie Kennedy looked like kind of Jamie Kennedy just in his 40s, I guess he is. Uh, Matthew Lillard looked great. I'm a, a, a big fan of uh, Twin Peaks. And of course, he was in the revival on Showtime. And I thought he was a great character in that. And he just looks just like himself. He looked really he was having these heartfelt, you know, handshakes with people giving hugs. Um, just looked like a real dude. That was really cool. Uh, Tom Skerritt was there. I'm a fan of Tom Skerritt. Some of the alien people, um, Lance Henriksen, you know, almost, almost, that was the one I was going to jump in line and get an alien poster signed, but just, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I didn't feel like dropping the cash on it. And at that point in time, I had another thing to take off to. So I, I was good. You know, I just, autographs at this point don't do much for me. I do have some collectibles. I like movie posters. Um, you know, it, it's a cool thing to have, but it, it just didn't grab me like that. Ralph Macchio was there. Of course, your most horror conventions, you get your Kane Hodder and, and Danielle Harris and, you know, people like those. So they were all there. Um, an interesting one was Gary Busey was there. Um, of course, Gary Busey's been in quite a few uh, movies that we all love and enjoy. And he's known as being a bit of a, you know, crazy person a little bit in a fun way. And um, Silver Bullet, you know, I love Gary Busey and Silver Bullet. And he's in a ton of movies. Everyone knows Gary Busey. 
But um, Gary Busey got himself in a little trouble at uh, this this Monster Mania 2022 and apparently was brought up on charges of assault and sexual assault. Or I, I don't even know the whole story. It isn't out yet. But I was just going through on a little news and saw Gary Busey arrested and checked out the story. And it happened apparently the day before I was there. So, no, Gary Busey did not touch me. I'm not breaking news on Gary Busey personally, you know. But apparently he did touch somebody in some way that he should not have. And <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. Like, oh, Gary Busey's supposed to be here. He's not here. And then I find out a few days later, I shouldn't be laughing because I don't know the story. And maybe it was something awful. But apparently he did something he should not have done. And he was asked to be removed from the convention. And then I find out a week later, charges are brought up here in New Jersey. He's a California resident. So Gary will probably be staying on the West Coast. But um, yeah, they're looking for him in Jersey, and he could be in some trouble. I don't know if that's breaking news to anybody, but if you see Gary Busey, tell him to stay out of Jersey because they're after him. Um, so yeah, you know, I got a cool t-shirt. That was neat. Always get a t-shirt. I'm not a big t-shirt guy in terms of horror movie stuff. You know, I, I, I have a... Uh, What's the creep show one that I got at the convention years ago? You know, I've always had a few, but I don't go crazy for them. But they had a cool Return of the Living Dead, and I'm a big fan of that. Probably my favorite zombie movie. Um, not a big fan of a lot of zombie movies, but Return of the Living Dead just always had that vibe for me. It's kind of funny and entertaining, but I remember watching it at a pretty young age when it came out, and it just creeping me out. Some of the scenes in that movie, the dog coming to life and the, all the the concept i don't know it always gave me like an uneasy feeling and i really like it so this shirt was kind of cool and um you know i like to purchase something to support some of the vendors there so that was my purchase i did also get a drawing that one guy had made of a leather face type character for a you know just little things like that just get a few items throw some money down and uh move on but that was my um monster mania voyage this year it only stayed for a couple hours i'll probably go back you know next year again now maybe take a little more time if there's somebody i love there i would probably get some autographs and check it out but you know it just didn't work out for that time of year to have the time to do that um you know we're getting near the end of summer here um the heat is hopefully starting to break away i'll tell you it just i've lived on the west coast and the pacific northwest which i loved and just took a nice trip out to california saw some of the national parks my daughter and i did a road trip you know did yosemite and um did some of the what else did we do um, sequoia national park redwoods national park um we went to the grand canyon like we did a great road trip and i loved the weather in california started at the golden gate bridge never been there before and just was amazed by it. i don't know why i'm drawn to that bridge in a weird way but watch that documentary uh about the bridge the one where they film all the people that jump off it in the course of a year wow shouldn't have probably watched that before i went there but it did kind of make it more amazing to be there um but anyway you know just i love having lived in seattle and portland for a period of time just that weather's great this east coast you know i know this is a horror movie podcast and you're not here to get weather updates but humidity sucks i cannot do it much longer i am not a fan and, um, you know, hopefully it's about over and we get into the fall soon, get into that scary season, get into the horror movie time of year and get away from this hot weather and also get into, uh, you know, it's the end of baseball season. I know most people do not listen to this for any type of sports. A lot of horror fans seem to be adverse to sports talk. 
Um, so I will keep this short, but I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan. And for years we've sucked. And this year we're doing okay. And it's kind of fun. And I'm looking forward to football season because I'm a Chargers fan. And this is a Super Bowl year for the Chargers. All right. Now, all you people that hate sports are going to be pretty pissed right now. But I had to drop those things in. And yes, I play fantasy football and that season's coming up. I got a, you know, my home league won two years in a row. And for any of you who know anything about fantasy football, that is a rarity. I'm going for a three-peat. Doesn't happen very often in a competitive league. A lot of luck and a lot of skill. But, um, you know, it's that time of year where those things start to shift as little fun hobbies to do on the side. You get different sports and fantasy football and all that. But the main time of year that comes around is, of course, the horror movie time of year when yeah, all the rookies come out around Halloween, right? Those of us who are year-long horror movie lovers kind of roll our eyes at how everyone just starts to love horror movies for a while. But it's still fun. Yeah, I love that. You know, I don't really, again, follow the uh, social media posts and all that stuff, but I know everyone kind of comes alive when the weather gets chilly and the flannel shirts come out in the hoodies and we get into horror movie season. So that time is, is fast approaching, and for me, it cannot happen soon enough. All right, well, that's enough of me just babbling aimlessly for about 30 minutes, and uh, we're about to get ready to break down the movie Lake Mungo, again, from 2008, found footage documentary, faux documentary type film. And, um, you know, I'm pretty positive on this movie for the most part, and I'm going to kind of just run through everything that happens in that film, um, kind of break down the different scenes and then do a summary of it. And at the end, just kind of talk about what I think of it and where it ranks in the uh, overall found footage uh, lineage. You know, uh, again, I've already kind of said it's near my top 10. So that's kind of where I put it. But each time you watch it, you can get a little more out of it. And um you know, I think it's a solid film, and if you're listening to this, you probably enjoy it too, or you would not be listening to a podcast on a film you hate. Actually, I do that sometimes. It's fun to hear people agree on hating something. So, yeah, I get that too. And I won't always do movies I love, but this one is one I like. So I'll be back uh, shortly, and we will uh, talk about the 2008 film Lake Mungo. See you soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time. It is time. It's time to talk about Lake Mungo. Yes, Lake Mungo. 2008 found footage style movie. Um, like I said before, available on Tubi at this time. Sometimes available on Prime. You know, it's always out there. You can find this movie directed by a guy named Joel Anderson. Um you know, it, it was in this After Dark series of movies that came out. And um, I don't know. I think even Joel Anderson was the writer of this film. So, you know, again, in this found footage style of movie, I think it was put together pretty well. Um, there's a lot that goes on in it. And it doesn't really all need to be there, I guess you could say. But it's fine. I, I go along for the ride on this one. Um, our main character is uh, Alice Palmer. Well, I guess the main character, it's the, she's the protagonist of the story, so to speak, a 16-year-old girl. This all takes place in Australia, so, you know, it, it's um, not American film, but it uh, doesn't matter. You know, it's still, uh, nothing really matters with that aspect of it. It doesn't change anything in terms of uh, things you need to understand or anything like that. Um, the family 
well, I mean, actually, that's not true. It starts off, we get like this opening of like spirit photography, which I always found kind of cool. In the old days, they would take pictures of, um, if you remember the movie The Others with Nicole Kidman, they have this thing where they take pictures of the dead bodies and would pose them and almost make them look like they're not completely dead, even sometimes with their eyes propped open. But you just get that eerie. I, I think it's the coolest stuff. It's so eerie because you can tell, even though the eyes are open on some of these things, that they're, it's, they're dead. Um, it, it just has this, I, I don't know. It's a really cool thing. And so they open with some of that type of concept, old pictures, black and white. I consider it like spirit photography. Um, that's how they kind of introduce the film. Again, it is a docudrama style. Um, there's interviews, news footage, you know, one of those types. So it right away, you explains everything to do with the found footage aspect. That's the big part for me is why are cameras here? What's the point? What, you know, why are people running from a murderer and holding a camera that wouldn't be there or filming from an angle that aren't possible to have been filmed from? But this one right away, anytime you have a docudrama or this type of film, it kind of covers the cameras and the footage and everything because this was made to be a film. Um, they filmed a lot of this stuff themselves and all of this footage was meant to be recorded. And so the story comes together, you know, kind of like a news program. Um, you know, it opens with the family going out to, to Lake Mungo on a little, uh, you know, day at the lake, doing a little swimming, a little picnicking, things like that. Um, and again, this is all spoiler because you've all seen this movie at this point. And, uh, you know, young Alice does not goes out for a swim with her brother, Matt. And she's with mom, June, and uh, I forget the dad's name at this time. It'll come to me. But uh, goes out for a swim with uh, brother Matt there and, you know, just doesn't make it back. Um, he came back in, doesn't know where she is. She's gone. Uh, you get different footage with the friends being interviewed and, you know, talk about what it was like when she went missing and talk about her as a you know young lady and her boyfriend and some other people. Um, you get some really good acting, I think, from the dad character who, you know, I think plays it pretty well. Like he seems realistic when they're talking to him about his daughter who he lost. And, you know, it just all has that tragic feel to it. And everybody acts realistically enough for me. There's nobody where I'm like, oh, this person takes me out of it or anything like that. I, I, I feel for all of them in this movie. And I think the acting is just solid enough. No one you recognize, which is the way it should be. And um, it just seems has that real kind of feel for it. So, um, you know, the dad talks about how you leave the porch light on, you know, just in case she comes home for weeks after and they can't really accept that she's gone. And, it, you know, it just has a general feel of what it would be like if you were to have lost your daughter in a tragic uh, accident where she drowned. Um, mom can't bear to go look and dad has to, um, I think it's like three weeks later, the body's found or a few weeks later, I forget the exact time frame, but the body is found brought up from the bottom of the water. Dad has to uh, identify the body and they show, you know, footage of what the body would look like a picture. And it's pretty horrific. It's got a pretty good drowned body underwater, what it would look like, I would assume type of look to it. And it's creepy and, you know, gross. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that would be traumatizing for the father or anybody who had to see that, your own child, I could not imagine. I have a daughter and I had to, I mean, forget it. Can't even talk about that. So yeah, it all, at this point, everything lines up. Um, you know, then they, something, they put in like weird little things here where the dad talks about having to drive home at that point from identifying the body in reverse because the other gears in the vehicle wouldn't work. And they had to drive, just things like that. I'm always like, cool, but what's the point? And maybe someone smarter than me, that means something, but 
just these odd little things they throw into the film. Uh, I don't know. I found that kind of funny. Um, so about 10 days after the funeral, uh, stuff starts happening, so to speak. Um, bad feelings in the house. People are having dreams. When I say people, I mean between mom and dad and the brother. Um, doors to certain rooms slamming. Other noises that are just you know, make people feel unsettled, you know, like there's a presence maybe around dad sees visions of Alice, uh, in a room and at her desk and they even interact, you know, to some degree. And, um, you know, just your general haunting creepiness going on here. Um, everyone's not doing too well, you know, they, they lost their daughter. Um, Matthew starts having these bruises on him, the son, uh, um, the mom's having these horrifying dreams. Um, I don't know. Just everybody's not making out too well and it's starting to get kind of creepy. They talk about the, the mom, June, uh, going into other people's houses, just wandering into them. Um, you know, something about just wanting to be inside a normal house or just to get away, you know, from her own life at this point and how just, and she's in shock, you know, basically at this point. Matthew, uh, if I haven't mentioned, the brother is a photographer and a film. He likes to make film and photography, and that's kind of his hobby. Um, so at this point, he's got these different projects going on. One of them, rather conveniently, is that he takes a photo every, I think it's every year, he takes a photo in the backyard um, and then, you know, wants to or maybe every so many months, I don't know, and just speeds it up then and shows basically a time-lapse type thing of what the yard looked like and the, uh, the the trees and whatever's going on there and the plants and everything and just how it changes over time. But that's our first little bit of uh, weirdness is one of the pictures. Um, Alice is in the picture. You know, definitely it's her. It's a girl uh, standing there looking kind of spiritish because it's not a complete, uh, you know, she's somewhat translucent, I guess you would say, but clearly it's Alice and she's in the uh, in the picture. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it's creepy for the kid to see and, um, you know, kind of cool at this point. So now we're getting into something, you know, it's more than just noises and sounds. We're actually seeing something. Um, then we get these pictures from the lake. Apparently there's a guy who works out at the lake, like a game preserve type person or whatever, and they're measuring the... Um, the drought or I don't know, measuring the levels of the lake to make sure it's at the right levels for some, maybe it's a reservoir. I don't know the whole story behind Lake Mungo. Anyway, so these film pictures that are being taken, um, at some point you can see someone in the background and same as kind of the picture of the yard. There's a picture of Alice in the background of this, uh, one picture that's taken of the lake. And you know, that, somehow gets contacted back because the guy recognizes the girl, I guess, from newspaper articles or whatever, and notifies the parents. And, um, you know, everybody starts to believe that maybe, maybe the girl really didn't die. You know, uh, the mother starts to think she never identified the body. So I guess to get that kind of closure, you know, you would need to see the body. The father starts to doubt and say, you know, obviously it was a body that had been in the water. Maybe, maybe it wasn't her, you know, maybe it was with somebody else. Maybe I, I it was just a young girl, Alice's age, and it wasn't really her. So they decide to do um, to exhume the body and do a DNA test, um, which they do, and it confirms, you know, that the body that was buried there was was Alice. And everyone's kind of traumatized by that. You know, that's got to be an awful thing to go through um, to have to dig up the body of your deceased child and then live through that trauma all over again. 
um, you know, that would just be horrible to have to go through. So now they're back in line. Everyone kind of agrees that she's dead and the mother's still, you know, everyone's still having a horrible time with this. So we meet another character that comes into this film now, um, a guy named Ray, I don't know, Kamini, I think is something like that. He's a psychic and he's a psychic on the radio, has a little radio show. People call in and he does the normal psychic stuff and um, seems pretty unbelievable. I think the father at one point says, okay, he's not the ooky spooky type of psychic. I don't know what that means, really, but it's a line. So don't blame me. I didn't write it. But apparently he's, um, I don't know, he's not doing like, I guess what they mean, like the real creepy beyond the grave type stuff. He's just saying he gets some signals from the spirits and relays them to people. All right, so it turns out after this seance and this footage comes out and the footage from the lake and all that, there's there's this video of people that were walking around at the lake that same day that the warden guy or whatever, I'm screwing some of that up, but was recording up there at the lake. And it turns out that um, these Withers people, so the Withers video now comes out. And what is the Withers video shows? It shows that brother Matthew was up at Lake Mungo um, the same day when they found the footage and walking around up there. And he somehow faked this whole thing of, of he was dressed like Alice wearing her hoodie. And it turns out it was him, not her in that footage from Lake Mungo. So she wasn't really her spirit or her was not wandering around up there. And then he comes clean with the whole thing, the, the footage during the backyard, the film picture he took. Um, the footage during the seance was all fake. He's pretty good with photography. He manipulated the film, uh, made it look like you know, Alice was showing up and all these different things, put her reflection in different mirrors and set up angles of footage playing on a TV of her. So it would look like it was her. And, you know, he pulled the whole thing off. Um, and then, you know, everyone kind of forgives him like, all right, he's a troubled kid. His brother, his sister died and he was just, I don't know. He did it because he wanted to, and it was trying to help his family and whatever. So it's all fake. Nothing's real. None of the, all that stuff is now out the door, but, Ray is um, now going on a road trip to do a psychic thing, taking it on the road. It's kind of funny when I say this back now. And Matthew, the son, goes with him. Matthew's like 17, I guess, like an older high school kid. A little weird to be going on the road with Ray, psychic family friend, I guess now. I yeah, I don't know. They, they feel bad for Matthew. He needs something to kind of focus on and they don't want him to turn into this troubled kid. So they send him on the road with a dude psychic. Eh, sounds a little weird sharing a hotel room with Ray, it, but whatever. We won't get into that because trust me, there gets to be some other stuff that is very questionable that goes on in this movie. So um, it turns out that now all of a sudden, like there's other footage and it's real. And um I, I can't figure it all out. It, it kind of goes back and forth. But I don't know why they did the whole thing where it was a fake to begin with. They could have cut that out, I think, and just kept it as real because it kind of makes you go back and forth and it doesn't help the story along. But I don't know, maybe I'm just misremembering how they approach that. But I just don't think they needed to even do the whole fake aspect of it. But then um, there's this other footage that they have and the parents are watching it and they realize there is somebody in the room, like for real, this is someone in the room and they play it close and they find out it's their neighbor. Some dude who used to live next door is in Alice's room and looking for something in a cabinet. So mom goes in there, checks it out, finds the Tui tape, the neighbors were the Tuis. The Tuis 
were um, real creepers, apparently. Ray, apparently not a bad guy. Uh, the Tui's, not great. They find a sex tape, um, and quite a sex tape it is. She's 16, and you know these neighbors are, I don't know, neighbors who have kids that she would babysit for, and they end up start fooling around with her. And before you know it, both of them are fooling around with Alice. So these are people in their mid-30s, I'm going to say having a uh, menage a trois with Alice, who's 16. Yeah, that's a little weird and creepy, and they throw that in there. But apparently, this is one of the things that, um, you know, Alice was a little bit troubled, and she got sucked into this, and it was messing with her head a little bit. And, um, you know, this could lead to some future events that go on. So now everyone's looking for these twoies who moved away. And um, I don't know what the age of consent is in Australia, but they never really mention them being looked at for legal issues or anything like that, where I would think, yeah, this is troubling. Like they need to be charged with something, I think, but that's not really mentioned. Um, but anyway, uh, so now we find out earlier, Ray, this gets complicated. I know I'm kind of babbling at times. Ray knew Alice. Apparently earlier, Alice had gone to Ray long before any of this and had had a, a meeting with him to talk about her fear of death um, why she always feels just doomed. She has this fear of just something is going to happen to her and it, 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 her whole life is going to end in some tragic dark event. And she's talking about that with him. And he luckily records all of his, you know, times he talks with people. I would hope so that he doesn't get blamed for being a creeper, but, um, you know, that that's all covered. So they, they watched this old footage. Um, she had a reading with him. That's what he calls it, a reading. And he's kind of a liar and the family's kind of pissed with him. Like, dude, you said you'd never met her before. And here you actually knew her pretty well and sat down and did a reading with her. So now we're thinking, is Ray a weirdo? But what does that have to do with the story? I don't know. Um, so then we get this Lake Mungo video. Um, this one of her friends, Kate and her boyfriend, they were all hanging out up at Lake Mungo before any of this happened. But I, and there's this bad phone footage, you know, this is the days of flip phones and camera footage. And um, they show Alice in the background of this footage, how they can even tell what she's doing. I can't tell, but they're telling me what they're seeing and I believe them. So she's looking traumatized and scared and buries her phone in the ground in the background. And so the family somehow goes up there to Lake Mungo and digs up the phone, how they could tell where, because it's night footage, but they can tell because there's a tree in the background and a rock or something, so they know where to dig. Eh, it's a little weird. If you've ever tried to look for something buried in the ground, um, what are you burying in the ground? Why are you looking for it? I think you have questions to answer, my friend. Anyway, if you're trying to find something that's buried in the ground somewhere, um, probably not that easy, I would think, based on some grainy phone footage from a flip phone, but they find it. Of course they do. And it's like her wallet and her personal effects and her phone. So they look at her phone and they see the footage from what she saw on there. And it was the night her and her friends were hanging out. And as she was filming this, this creepy image comes up and it is the image of her drowned dead body that she sees. So she, basically what we're getting at here is Alice saw herself dead, um, probably of drowning. I don't know if she knew that or not, but she knew that her end was near um and that would kind of mess you up in the head if you saw footage of your own dead body um yeah i would think that would kind of mess with you and ruin your night at least so she's freaked out on the, the rest of the footage and from that point on nothing was right with her and that's when she goes on to have her reading with ray and is never the same so 
Okay, she saw her own dead, drowned corpse. That would mess with you for sure. Um, and then, so now it all comes together. Okay, that's this, this is the whole story of what happened. Um, so now it kind of turns into um, this overlapping time loop. This is the part I kind of like of this movie is they, they mess with the time a little bit. So now we're kind of putting things together where when mom had been in the room earlier and they show the footage of Alice, of her spirit being in the room earlier. And it turns out it was all happening at the same time or waiting to happen at the same time. Like they were just kind of missing the timeline was off, if that makes sense. So there's times that mom can feel Alice in the room, but it turns out it's the spirit Alice and nothing's just quite lining up, but it all kind of just misses and then does. So you know, Ray and his visions and, and then the timelines catching up. And it turns out that they just kind of miss each other barely, but the mom's feeling her in a dream, seeing her come into her room, seeing her walk out in the same way that she really is. So it just kind of has these unsettling vibes to it of um, that Alice basically knew she was going to die. She was, it was just on a different timeline that it was happening. And that's the part that I kind of like about this. Really hard to explain properly. And maybe I just don't have the uh, proper verbiage and not doing a good job of that. But again, you've seen the film. So you know what I'm talking about right now. Um, I don't know. I like it. I like the way they make it look. I like the way they kind of throw it all together and leave some things for you to figure out. Um, I think it's well acted the way it's put together. Like it just seems kind of realistic. And then they have this last photo where the family decides to move out of the house. Like, I mean, it's kind of happy again. They're, the boy's feeling good. Um, he's back to dating and life is good. And he's like a normal kid again. And the mom's doing okay. Like they're all obviously upset. They lost their daughter, of course. Um, but they're recovering and moving on. And we kind of get those type of vibes. The, the, you know, the dad, I think, picks up a new job. Is that what they say? I'm not sure. But they're, they're going to move. Um, and, and so they're packing up the house and that's when a lot of this stuff starts to come together. Uh, you know, the going into that room for one last time and seeing Alice at her desk and, and Alice coming into the room. And it's when the mom is in there for the last time. And that's when the footage comes together. Yeah. Again, if you've seen it, you know what I mean? I think it's kind of cool. I think it's, it's got a good feel to it. The last scene is after they're all moved out and they're taking one last photo in front of their old house. And, of course, you get the, the picture of the mom and the dad and the son in the front yard and the house in the background. And what's that in the background of one of the windows? It's Alice looking out the window, you know, so she her spirit is in the house and it is there. And it turns out it is all real. Right. Is it? Isn't it? I don't know. But that's what they're trying to tell us. And I kind of like that. I like when they kind of end with a last scene like that. This movie doesn't have any of those like kind of like wreck or grave encounters where they have these complete scares where they're just trying to scare the crap out of you. They're showing demons and creatures and, and crazy jump scares. No, none of that in Lake Mungo. No jump scares, really. There's a few where, like, you know, when they show the image of the dead body um, of Alice and they show the footage of on her phone and things like that where they're trying to get a little bit of a scare but this is more of the unsettling feel like it started off with that vibe with the spirit photography and that carries through most of the movie just that unsettling feeling um and creepiness generally you know of haunting of being unsure 
I don't know why they put the whole sex tape thing in there with the Tuies, the neighbors. I mean, other than a reason for Alice to have um, to show that she was her mind wasn't in a good place and that she had experienced different types of trauma that were leading her down this negative path and this darkness that was kind of all around her life. And I'm kind of reaching for that. It doesn't really fit. I'm fine with it. It's weird. And at one point you're like, wait, what? A sex tape with an underage girl and two neighbors? You know, it doesn't like if I was writing the story, that would be a weird thing to throw into it. But it also doesn't hurt it. Just like the the stupid thing with the dad having to drive home in reverse. It's just a thing thrown in there. It doesn't hurt the film. And I guess I like those weird oddities. You know, that's kind of some of my favorite movies have things that don't have anything to do with the plot. But they're just little moments where you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. And it, it adds a little s s spice to the, you know, to the plot. So not against the sex tape part of it. It's just it's a little weird and doesn't quite fit. But and maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm not seeing it right. Um, why the fake um, aspect of, of the footage? I don't know if that was really needed either. Why they had to pretend that it was fake. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it didn't quite need to be like, we didn't need to think it was fake and then find out it was kind of real to believe it because then it kind of takes away from it. But, you know, again, it doesn't hurt it. So yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't know what you guys think, but I, I, I kind of, I think a few of those things were not needed, but they don't hurt it. So in the end, it's okay with that. Um, I, I don't know. I think they should have done a little more with the, um, the ending twist, so to speak, you know, the fact that she really, her spirit really was there and she is in the house and the photo, um, less of the sex tape, less of the fake aspect of the footage and more into, um, the whole timeline and her seeing the future basically, because that's what was happening this whole time. She was seeing the future. Even after she was gone, she was seeing the future, right? She was seeing her parents, um, sadness and them, you know, trying to recover from her death. She was seeing that she was seeing what life was going to be like when she's gone and she was seeing her death. So those are the parts I like of the movie. I like that idea. Like if you could see your own death, that's horrifying. If you could see what life was going to be like for your loved ones after you're gone and see them suffering and, and know there's nothing you can do about it, but just witness it. Um, that's scary, right? That idea, like that's, decent horror that those ideas make you think a little bit and it does set the tone for that stuff kind of well again i overall i like this movie it, maybe sometimes in a top 10 maybe not you know not that all that stuff matters that just gives you an idea of, of what i think of it um i give it a like a 7.5 out of 10 you know which is basically saying between a seven eight in that ballpark I've watched it a couple of times now i probably won't watch it for a while it, it, with a lot of found footage you don't often have to have a lot of rewatch value with some of these movies because you remember them well this one i remember just about everything but wanted to rewatch it to be fresh for this podcast and i think that helped you know for sure because there was a few parts of it that i understood a little better um a few parts of it that i probably explained horribly and you're like no probably should have watched it again my friend because you, you missed out on some stuff um that happens to me all the time when i'm listening to podcasts and people 
get things wrong when they're talking or summing up a movie or they get a line wrong or a character wrong or they just completely didn't understand a part of it and say it wasn't well done when you're like no you didn't you just weren't paying attention they completely explained that showed it really well and it all makes sense and you just weren't watching oh that drives me nuts um so i know i'm sure i do that too and some of you all of my many many listeners are out there um, are probably saying the same thing. Like, come on, guy, you, you totally missed that that whole part in the middle there that was important and that adds to the story or whatever. So if so, hey, reach out, let me know. Um, I make mistakes, clearly. So yeah, again, it, if you've seen, if you're listening to this, you've seen it and you probably like it. You know, I think it's always decent. It, it, it ranks up there. And it could it be recommended if you like if somebody likes found footage i think it's it should be recommended especially in the docudrama type of uh, movies you know for found footage it's it's i think one of the better ones you know it's got a pretty good reputation and it's worth a solid watch so again you know lake mungo seven and a half out of ten is my rating for today and check it out i think it's worth a watch let me know what you guys think of lake mundo mungo and um my next one, yeah, I think it's time. It's time to hit VHS. It's time to hit some of my my top, my top tier. I haven't done one of my top found footages yet, which I was thinking of Paranormal Activity. It's a favorite, you know, but then I almost feel like you got to do the whole series because I think it's a great series and it comes together so well. And just doing one of them doesn't so much do it justice, but it's also a long series. But I think they're all good, every single one of them, even the last one, which wasn't great, but I still found it fine it's the worst of them i think the, the brand new one and not really found footage but it's still fine you know but I, paranormal's up there with me for sure obviously blair witch is a classic i will be covering that one at some point for sure but in terms of um vhs just hit me at a right time it had a feel to it a few of those episodes stick with me and the og you know got to do the original got to do the original um vhs especially with the new one coming out so i think that's going to be next if anybody has any recommendations or anything they'd like to uh you know have me do hey reach out to me you can reach out i'm recording this on anchor you know so that's why it's an hour episode it i hope it sounds good i have some microphone issues in and out and i'm trying to do the best i can with it i'm definitely not an engineer or a wizard with this stuff and i need a new laptop badly so that will be probably my next purchase so that I can continue to make this sound okay because I know sometimes in my other episodes the sound goes out and that's got to be frustrating so um that's the plan is to get another episode out for VHS in the next uh couple months sometimes I just get inspired like today and just bam whip out the microphone record an episode and be ready to go so don't be surprised if that comes sooner than you think but that will be one of my next ones um my friend Morty is looking at me. Morty the cat is telling me it's time to just about wrap this up. And um, that's what I'm going to do. So I hope everybody uh, enjoyed this podcast. Reach out to me and let me know what you'd like me to do next. And um, spread the word because I've got three whole episodes out now. So the found footage horror movies with Donnie Darko Empire is on the rise. Be here now at the ground level, people. Be here now. All right, y'all. Be well. And I'll talk to you soon. Donnie Darko out from Belmar, New Jersey.